This is where we uncover the simple traditions that successful business owners are doing every day to build a successful home life while still taking the lead in their business. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Wanda Howard, and today with us, we have Kim Sorrell. She is a life coach that focuses on love, and her story is truly unique, so I will let her dive into the details of it, of what makes her do what she does, but she is an author, a public speaker, and I am thrilled to have her with me today, so welcome, Kim, and thanks for coming. Wanda, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for what you do for everybody. This is an awesome podcast. And I wish uh, you were around, but you're too young. But I wish you were around when I was parenting (laughs) back in the day when my kids were young. Oh, thank you. So please tell everybody um, your story. Why are you a life coach? And what does this word love mean to you? What does that come from? Yeah, well, I am an entrepreneur. I started my first business right out of high school, and I've had different businesses throughout the years. And and uh, then, and my husband uh, worked in the businesses as well, so we worked together, and that was great. I've got five kids, eleven grandkids, so can relate to all the parents out there with all the craziness that goes on. But uh, then, uh, at forty-seven years old, I was diagnosed with cancer. Oh. And four months later, my husband was diagnosed with cancer, with pancreatic cancer, and he passed away six weeks later. Wow. And yeah, uh, it was way too fast. Way too fast. Yeah, it was way too fast for him to go for sure. And it was crazy to both be dealing with it at the same time. Fortunately, I've got wonderful friends and family, very lot of support. I don't know how I would have gotten through without them, but it's still a crazy time. I mean, certainly... Dealing with one cancer diagnosis in a family is hard enough, but then all of a sudden there's two. Like, when does that happen? That doesn't happen. It's just so unexpected. And then, right, and then when he was diagnosed, we were told that a year is a victory with pancreatic cancer, but he was young and healthy, six foot three, 175 pounds. And, and so they said, well, you could beat the odds because, you know, you're young and healthy. You could live longer. So six weeks was yeah. not expected at all. Uh, but so it was right. This crazy, interesting time. And and it made me do a few things. One is at the end of that year, when I was physically ready to go back to work, I wasn't sure what I was going to do if I was going to go back into my businesses, but the people were running them. And so I thought, well, I don't really have to. I had this whole new life to reinvent. And so I decided I was going to be part-time bookkeeper at a nonprofit organization that my dad and I had started 10 years before that. And uh, 12 days later, there was an earthquake that killed 200,000 people in Haiti. Wow. Within two weeks, I was in in Haiti and working. And then 24-7, working, working, which helped the healing, actually. I think service really helps with with grief. But uh, losing my husband, though, made me question love, the real meaning of love, and how that plays in our lives. And so um, I did what probably every other widowed woman does. I decided I would, in Haiti, um, take a year and dedicate it to searching for the truth about love. And, uh, and I found that it's 
And it's so different than, than what we think. It, it changed my life. It rocked my world. And uh, I think it would anybody's. Yeah, definitely would. I, I mean, I think everybody's worst fear, and we were kind of talking about this before the, the interview, is getting that diagnosis of cancer. Like, nobody wants to hear those words. And the fact that you heard them and then found out your husband did and, and have him pass so suddenly, like, oh, my gosh, I can't even imagine going through that. So and then you find yourself in Haiti and you're doing the service and it's helping with the healing. Um, what came next? What was it that enabled you to really start to grow, start to grow your business, being able to help other people in the coaching world and and pull back the pieces of their life together where they have love for themselves, love for their life and can keep moving forward. You know, it's interesting when you are an entrepreneur, you have to have some coaching in you. Like you've got to have the ability to coach, which I did. I coached basketball. I coached varsity volleyball for years. And, uh, but you have to, unless you want to be a solopreneur, you know, if you want to work with people, you got to be able to coach them. And so um, learning about the real meaning of love and how transformative it is to be able to share that and help people to know how to live it, how to walk in it in every area of their life and business and at home and with extended family and with the obnoxious brother-in-law or, you know, whoever it has, whoever it is that's in your life uh, is comes pretty natural uh, because I know so much, you know, like I, I did everybody's homework for them. And then, <laughs> It's stuff that's pretty easy to implement into your life, but you have to know it and understand it to implement it. Yeah. So, you know, coaching it was the next natural step. Okay, cool. So um, I guess I, I want to ask what, what does love mean? Because I think all of us have this idea of, well, one, what probably initial reaction is, well, I know what love is, like, it's the people I care about and what I do, but I think what we're talking about here is more of those spaces in our life that there fills this void or unfulfillment. And we feel like, man, why do I keep doing the same things over and over? Or why is there this um, just nagging of, I can't get this area of my life to quite uh, click into everything, whether that's in parenting, whether that's in your job or in your relationships with your spouse or friends, somewhere in our lives, we oftentimes come to these voids of um just feeling like I don't even know how to make this right or I don't even know what is the next step and I think that's huge because we're beings of growth we want to keep growing and when we don't know how to grow in a certain area we either leave it or we continually feel frustrated and we don't really want to do either of those we want to keep growing so how does love um more tangible like steps of how can you help people see how they can start applying love into those areas of their life. Yeah. Well, a couple things um, to know first, I guess, is that uh, we're taught wrong. You know, <laughs> I mean, there, there is so much said in the name of love that is absolutely not love. Things called love that are not love. Things done in the name of love that have nothing to do with love. And so some of it is deprogramming. And realizing that that not everything we think is right about love is right. 
And another important thing is that love is not an emotion like fear or excitement. Love is who you are, who you can be. Love is, is embodying you. Love, love is something that you walk and talk and live and breathe. It's giving, it's living, it's love is alive. Love, love is, is so much bigger than what we give it credit for. And, you know, there's Nicholas Sparks and there's Ed Sheeran and, you know, whatever, telling us all these wonderful things about this romantic love. But love is so much bigger than that. And it's not just between partners. It's it's universal. It's with everybody everywhere. And so in doing this thing, I took this 2,000-year-old poem that you hear at a lot of weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. Does not boast, et cetera. Decided I would take one word a month and figure out, well, what is love that is patient? What is love that is kind? And every single word was way different than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be so easy, like patience. You know, we all know what that is. We're not honking our horn if we're stuck in traffic. We're not frustrated because it's not getting ready on time, you know, or you pick your kid up from practice and the coach keeps them too long. I know that parents used to get mad at me about that. And, uh, and so then you're patient, you show patience, but love that is patient is so applicable. Uh, but it's something that I know I was not showing and I was not doing. Like, I, I think you should love everybody. It's just a much happier, much calmer way to live is to just love people. So if you love whoever it is you're with at whatever given moment, love that is patient would say that, that this moment right here, right now is the most important moment of your life. What's in the past is in the past. What's in the future is yet to come. This is the moment. The moment will come and go with or without you. And I can tell you for me, I thought I was the grandest multitasker. Like I could think about a meeting I had later, stopping at the grocery store, what I was gonna do when I got home, how much laundry was in the basket, whatever and be fully engaged in conversation at the same time. And I realized quickly that that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> I was so distracted that I was acting like I was in the conversation, but I wasn't there, I, at least for sure not fully there. And so when you're not fully there, you can make assumptions about what people are going to say based on whatever label we put on people, which love doesn't put labels on people, but, but we're pretty good at it, right? Yeah. It's political or job description or whatever it happens to be. We're, we're pretty good with labels. But so instead of having a rebuttal ready because you think this is what they're going to say or be mulling it over in your head and being distracted that way, you're fully there, fully engaged. So your ears are wide open. Yeah. You hear things that you would never hear. Like you hear things that then make you realize, oh my gosh, we're so much more alike than we are different. And people deserve that moment. Love gives the person you're with that moment. Like it's, it, it's, uh, it changes your world. It changed my world for sure to, to be in the moment, to really be present in the moment. I really like that because I Right now, this idea of being present is so big right now. And I think it's because so many people are realizing that they're missing out on their own lives. They're constantly trying to do all the things, and yet they feel like 
they're not even enjoying any of the things that is happening around them. And it's so sad, but it's so easy to fall into those cycles and that loop. And one of the things that you were saying about um, making sure that you're fully present, like with your kids and when you're in those conversations that this is the most important moment ever. I really like that because um, I feel like it takes the focus off of in order to be a good person, in order to be a good parent, in order to be a good spouse, in order to be a good friend, I must be present for this other person. Instead of that being the mindset and and that's such a, a guilty type of a mindset. Instead, it's like, I want to enjoy what's happening right now because I've worked so hard for this moment. So I'm going to be right here because for, for myself, because I want that energizing feeling of being here. And I think that is so much more powerful when we're talking about finding presence and being present. It's not about making everybody else happy and making sure that they're heard and listened to because as parents, we have a lot to juggle. There's definitely so many things we have to do. And it's not about, are you doing enough for your kids? It's, are you enjoying being there for your kids? Are you able to like, just enjoy that moment? So I really, really appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. Um, The other thing that I want to know is what was your childhood like? What was the foundation that was given to you to be able to even grow and become the person that you are to run a business and be a mom and now a grandma? Like, what was that foundational piece for you as a kid that parents can start doing today to pass on to their kids to enable them to grow? Well, I had a great childhood. Uh, I had parents that I know loved me, um, but um, they all, but they didn't necessarily like each other all that well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they, they fought a lot. In fact, after I got married and had my first spat with my husband, I told him to sleep on the couch because I thought that's what happened. Like, you know, you fight with the husband and wife, the mom and dad fight and the dad sleeps on the couch. I just thought that was normal because my dad slept more nights on the couch than he did in his bedroom. And so when I said that to my husband, he said, well, I have a bed. Why would I sleep on the couch? And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I mean, this is what you're used to. And so I, I had a, mom who was a great mom and a dad who was a a great dad but a workaholic yeah Um, but but taught us so much along the way at the same time i didn't learn how to be away from my mom but i learned a lot about mothering and like with anybody we all have different childhoods we all have different experiences and what you hope you do is take the good stuff that you learned the stuff that you liked about your childhood and use it and stuff that you wish was different and change it. You know, I mean, each generation should want to be better than the last. You know, I want my kids to want to be a better mom than I was. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what you hope for. And so my dad uh, was always an entrepreneur and worked a ton. And that, that was the source of a lot of their, their fighting, unfortunately, And so it was a tough balance uh, for them working things out, but I sure learned the value of hard work. I I saw what working hard can do for you. And um, uh, I don't know, I just learned so many lessons from from my dad when it comes to work and comes to having your own business and, and the way you should look at money even. 
you know, money was always taught to us that money's just a tool. It's uh, something that happens, certainly. I mean, you know, yeah. you should, should do well. If you work hard, you, you can do well and are smart about it. But but it's just a tool. It's not like something to be coveted or something to be held onto, but it's something to be used for good and uh, do what good you can do. So it was, I learned a lot growing up. Oh, that's awesome. And something that really stands out to me in your story is one, the hope that you don't have to have a perfect childhood to be a good parent. You don't have to have um, everything figured out to be a good mom or a good dad. And that's something that I feel like so many people are terrified right now that what if I don't do this right? What if I go into this situation wrong? And the fact that even though your parents were fighting, they still passed on this love to you. They passed on that feeling of knowing that you were cared for and they were able to pass on along other things at the time. And just like you said, each one of us, the best gift we can give to our kids is the freedom to be better than we are. And so if that is like the goal, you know that you don't have to like fit them into some uh, just theoretical constraints of this is what you need to look like. This is what things should be. It's more about I'm giving you everything because this is the best I know. And I hope you take it and run with it and create even more with it. So I really, ah, that's something I'm so passionate about. I love that. Thank you for sharing. So then right now, what is happening in your life that you're most excited about? And how does that, how do you balance things currently with um, grown kids, being a grandma, like all of these things are going on in your life. What is most exciting and how do you keep those goals that of achieving the next step while also celebrating them and not getting caught in the overwhelm and the to-do list? Well, I'm, I'm building a new business from the ground up, really, yeah. which is passion of mine. I love building new businesses from the ground up. It's fun. But uh, this is a whole different type of business. And I sold at the beginning of this year, I sold uh, other businesses that were time consuming. Mm -hmm. and So I can focus on this. I'm very passionate about the things that I learned about love. There is there's so much and uh, it would change anybody's life. It changed the world. And so I'm passionate about getting that message out there. So I'm speaking, I'm coaching, I'm writing, I'm, you know, doing all those things. And it's unique because uh, it's one thing to sell a product or a service. But in, in some ways now, it's like I'm selling myself, but I'm not really. I'm just selling my knowledge. Uh -huh. but, but it still seems like this kind of odd twist to it. But it's. Uh, I just feel like it's my message. Like this is, I'm supposed to be doing this and I, I need to do this. I love that. Especially like so much of um, like the more material type of businesses that they're selling actual physical products is incredible and amazing. And then in the coaching world, it's just a totally different kind of product that you're providing and it can feel intimidating just to make that shift. So what I really love is that example that you felt driven to do this and you went for it. And I hope that other people listening feel that same energy because I know that somebody right now is listening 
thinking about like what they feel called to do. And maybe they've been putting that on the back burner. Maybe it's scary because what they're doing in business is successful right now. And they're feeling like they need to make that switch. And that can be uh, intimidating just in of itself of the uncertainty of going back into the weeds. So thank you so much for doing that. What would be your piece of advice for parents right now who just want to know that they are showing love to their kids, that they're maybe they didn't have it modeled for them as a kid and they want to make sure that they are passing along good love that isn't overwhelming or overbearing and isn't um, also letting the kids just run rampant and do whatever they want, but love that is kind, consistent and provides structure that the kids need. Well, you know, I would say a couple things. One is stop and breathe. Give yourself a break. You know, realize that none of us are perfect at this. You know, you go on Facebook and man, there's a whole lot of people that look really, really perfect. But they aren't. None of us are perfect. You know, I've yet to see the perfect mom, the perfect family. Like, you know, it it just kind of doesn't exist because we're human. We all have stuff, you know, and we all do the best we can, you know, you're trying to do the best you can. Well, one thing I, I think is important when it comes to love is one of the things love does is let people be who they believe they're created to be without any judgment, condemnation. There's no room for discrimination, racism, anything else. I mean, if you make more money than the guy next door, it doesn't mean you're any better than the guy next door or, yeah. So we're all walking on the same ground. We are all equal and we're all individual. And as a parent, it can be difficult. Like for me, I have one daughter, four sons, and my daughter was more work than my four sons put together. (laughs) (laughs) But part of it is I expected, my expectations were that she'd be a certain way because she was my daughter. So of course, this is the way she's going to be. But as a parent, one of the most wonderful things you can do in loving your kids is let them be who they are. Realize that every single one is unique and different. You know, you have that first baby and you go, oh, this is what my babies are going to look like. This is how my babies are going to act. And then baby number two comes and you're like, God, did I sleep with the mailman? Like, what the heck happened? It's so different, right? Baby number three, different again. You know, they, they're just all so unique and so different from each other. And it's okay. That's a good, beautiful, wonderful thing. So let them be who they are without trying to, like you said earlier, put them into sort of this this mold that you think they should be. Let them be who they are. Let let your kids be who they are and enjoy them. Love them for who they are. I love that. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much, Kim, for being here on the show with us. If anybody is listening and resonating with this message, what can they do or where can they go to connect with you more and get this kind of coaching and this help to fill those voids in their life? Well, love is, is a great place to start my book. Uh, love is, it is available everywhere, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, anywhere online, but also in brick and mortar stores. And, uh, Pretty simple title, Love Is, so hopefully easy to remember. And my website is loveis.info because I do have a lot of info there. So I'm easy to find. I'm on social media everywhere. Uh, Kim Sorrell. I'm literally 
the only Kim Sorrell spelled my way in the entire world. You can say that <laughs> so, because there are way too many letters. There's two R's, two E's, two L's, S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E. But so I'm, I'm easy to find just, you know, looking up love is, and it's been quite a journey. Like I, it's, my book came out in December and I have received notes from people that their marriage was saved. Um, notes, uh, um, families that are buying books for their adult kids. And then they do a chapter a month and get on a zoom call once a month and discuss it. Oh, and so it's, yeah, it's just kind of cool that hopefully, you know, it is something you can do as a group or as an individual, but, uh, I, love people. I just really do. And so I love working with people. I love meeting people. I'm very accessible, very easy to, to find and would love to hear from anybody. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much. So everybody listening, make sure that you go and check out that book, Love Is, and we will see you all next time. I'm so glad that you were able to be here and discover more with us of what it means to be a successful parent. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rate interview so that we can reach more amazing parents who are looking for ways to truly succeed with their kids too. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at WandaHoward.Live. If you're like, holy cow, this was amazing, but I have so many more questions, then send me a DM with your biggest takeaways and all of your questions. I'll be sure to take care of you. Have an amazing day and I will see you in our next episode.